0: Amen. Well, uh, we are in Hebrews 11 as uh, we've been going through this chapter. Uh, we've been talking about the, uh, the heroes of faith. And uh, as we've been talking about faith, I just want to remind everything uh, when it comes to faith. Faith is a reality in our lives. I know that many of us are here because of our faith, right? I mean, otherwise we wouldn't be here. And we know that Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so all of us want our faith to grow and to increase. And the word of God promises that it happens when we hear his word, when we allow his word to penetrate within our hearts, when we allow his word to come into our hearts. And no matter what we're going through, no matter what you're going through today, because many of us are going through some difficult times, the Lord wants us to remain strong in Him. This is what the Lord wants for us, that we would not be shaken by circumstances. See, the reality of it all is that circumstances will shake us, right? We know that. When something unexpected happens, when, when some hardship comes or some trials come, they shake us. But one thing that the Lord wants to remind us today is that our faith in God should never be shaken. Our faith in God should remain strong no matter what is going on in and through our lives. As we are in Hebrews 11, I want to remind you of the description of faith. Because by definition, we know that faith is trust, belief in God, believing in His promises, believing in who He is, But the description of faith is given to us there in verse 1. And it says that faith is a substance of things hoped for. You know, when we think about that, right? And I bring this up just to remind us to to have us come to the proper perspective of faith and how we are to move with it. But when we think about this, you know, substance, as I mentioned previously, that substance Substance is a reality, right? Otherwise, when we think of a substance, it has to be a reality. And that's what faith is. Faith is a reality of something that we long for. That's what it says it is hope for. And it also describes faith as the evidence of things not seen. And when we think about evidence, right? It's usually a proof. It's usually some sort of conviction. And so when we think about this, right? So when we think of faith, it is something that cannot be seen, but we know that it is real. And this is what we're talking about. Our faith is real. You know what? Even though we can't see God, even though we can't physically touch Him, know that He is real and His promises for us are real. And no matter what life dishes out our faith in God must remain strong see it isn't easy let me share this with you it isn't easy is it when hardship comes upon us when we have trials that are before us you know what it isn't easy but yet we must understand that through God we can do all things And we trust in Him. And as we think about this, right? The difficulties that we are going through. The Lord wants to assure each and every one of us to trust in Him. To obey in Him. You know what? And when we do that, right? He seems to handle the rest. You know, we know that there's giants before us. We know that the fire wants to consume us. We know that the storms of life want to overtake us. But when we trust in God and in His promises, we know that He's going to handle the rest. You know, I want to share something with you because when we are going through hardship or when you are going through trials, whatever you're facing, The Lord wants you to continue to trust in Him and not give up. See, this is where our faith and this is where our patience in Him are revealed. See, faith and patience, they go together. I want you to understand that. They must go together. See, because when things come before us, we need to rest in God. We need to just continue to rest in Him and not give up. I want you to turn to James chapter 1. In James chapter 1. James. Talks to us about. The testing of our faith. See as we. Think about this, right? We know that many of us, as we walk with the Lord, our faith will be tested. And I want to read this to you. It says, my brethren, and he's talking to all of us, right? In verse two, he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You know, when we think about tests, right? I think many of us have taken tests before. I think many of us have taken tests at, at our school, right? Whether we're high school, grammar school, whether college, whether our jobs. You know, I know that many of us have taken tests. And who here likes tests? Oh, amen. There's somebody that does like tests back there. I know that when you think about testing, you know, they're given to you for a reason, right? And why are tests given to us? You know, tests are given to us because it reveals our knowledge, right, of a subject matter. It reveals our experience, possibly, with a subject matter. See, the, Lord, the tests that the Lord gives us are very similar. Because the tests that the Lord gives you and I, they reveal whether your faith is real or not. How do you know whether your faith is real? See, it has to be put through the test, right? None of us are going to know whether the, our faith in God is real unless it is tested. And so this is the reason why God... Gives us tests. He already knows the outcome. The outcome isn't for him to say, Oh wow, look, they passed. The tests are given so that you can see where your faith in him is. See, this is why the Lord tests us, right? And of course, as we see here in James, he brings up the word patience. And many of us, don't like patience either, right? It happens to fall in line with testing because we are a people that want everything here and now, right? None of us like waiting for things. We want we want to know it and we want it now. And that's the same thing when it comes to our faith. See the Lord as he is testing, you doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to persevere. In his word, to trust in him, to have faith in him. And when we think about this, right? What happens? What is the end result according to James? The end result when it comes to faith. The testing of your faith, I should say, is that it makes you perfect and complete. Perfect and complete in what way? Perfect and complete in your trust in God. See, because when you begin to trust in Him, when you begin to listen to the words that He's sharing with you, right? When you are going through your trials, when you are in those times of sorrow and pain, when you are trusting in Him, He never disappoints. His word tells us that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Imagine that. He rewards us. In other words, what he's trying to say is that he doesn't disappoint you. But see, he wants us to grow and to become, to, to become perfect and complete in our walk with him. How many of us are beginning to understand that we walk by faith and not by sight? No matter what you're going through, our faith is always one that we walk in, right? It's, it's, it's something that we walk in. We don't see it. We don't understand it. But we walk by faith in the promises of God and in his word. And as we trust these things, see, we don't see them. We don't see the end result, but we trust him for the things that he has shared with us, the things that he has promised us. See, none of us can foresee the end result in our walk with Him. You know, when we're going through trials, none of us can say, okay, at the end, this is what's going to happen. But we know one thing, that as we trust in Him, that as we believe in Him, that He's not going to disappoint us. You know, I was giving some free tickets to Disneyland. I was giving some tickets this past week to Disneyland. And, you know, we were in Disneyland, and, you know, I don't know if you know this, but the youth also, I also went with the youth to Knott's Farm. And then I went to Disneyland, and I know this is off the subject, but on Thursday morning, I woke up with the worst neck ache. And I'm asking the kids, right? I'm asking the kids, hey, how do you guys feel? And they're like, we're fine, Dad. And I'm like, man, your body doesn't ache? And they got on twice as many rides as I got on. But you know what? I mean, they're younger, right? And so I'm older, and I need to come to a realization of that. But when I was in Disneyland, I want to share this with you. In Disneyland, through the loudspeaker, and I believe she is the fairy princess that tells Pinocchio, right? She tells Pinocchio, if you believe, If you believe. See, we know that our God is not a fairy princess. Our God and we do not live in a fairy tale. But that same message that is given there, that if we believe, if we believe in God, if we trust in God, in God who is great, who is sovereign, who is mighty, who is powerful, who is loving, if we believe in Him, No matter what we're going through, we know that God can turn all things together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. This is a faith that we have, no matter what you're facing. This is what we believe. This is what we trust in. See, the Lord wants us to grow in our faith. And the only way to grow is if you come to walk into walking by faith. See, the sign of maturity is to walk in His Word. It's not just to have it up here, but to have it in your heart and to walk by it. That is a sign of a mature Christian and that is where God wants us to get to. He wants us to walk by His Word. When we think about faith and its testing, today we're going to be looking at the reality of this. See, faith, As we look at this, as we're going to read about it, it's going to be illustrated with perfection today in the life of Abraham. See, no matter what Abraham was asked to do, no matter how difficult the walk for Abraham was, that when he trusted in the Lord, he wasn't disappointed. And we're going to look at three other men, three other heroes of faith, we're going to look at Isaac and Jacob and we're going to look at Joseph and we're going to see that they're, because of their faith, they believed in the promises of God. Even though they hadn't received them, they still believed in those promises. See, every man that we're going to see today, they were rewarded for their faith. They're listed as examples for us to learn from. To illustrate to us how it is that God wants us to walk. See, these men aren't written here just for us to go through them and say, oh, okay, wow, that's pretty nice. These men and these women that are written in chapter 11 are to learn from them as examples for us. That the Lord rewards those that have faith in him. And with that, let us turn to uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And let's begin to read as we left off in, six, in 16. Let's read in verse 17. It says, by faith, Abraham. When he was tested. Offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said in Isaac, your seed shall be called concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So what we have here, right? Remember, Abraham actually had two sons, right? But the Lord didn't consider Ishmael, the son of the flesh, the son of promise. See, because that child was birthed out of their flesh of Sarah and Abraham, right? Because they did it on their own. They, you know, as Abraham and Sarah discussed it, you know what? They were trying to help out God. And God needs no help, right? And so they tried to resolve the situation by bringing Hagar, which is Sarah's maidservant, as we talked about last week, to have a baby with Abraham. And so the Lord, the one that he considered to be the son of promise, was Isaac. And we must remember that Isaac was born when Sarah was 90 years old. When her womb was dead, I mean, there was no way that she could have a baby at her age. And so what we have here is a miracle baby, the son of promise. And to think this is a son that Abraham was promised and the son that he raised. And many people believe or have always taught that, you know, when Isaac was taken up to be offered as a sacrifice, that he was a little boy. But in reality, do you know how old Isaac was? He was in his 20s. When the Lord took him to sacrifice him, I mean, when Abraham took him To sacrifice him. Imagine that. So that would have made Abraham 120 something years old. As he had uh, had Isaac when he was 100 years old. So we see here. We see here that. Abraham after living with his son for over 20 years. And raising him and loving him. God is asking Abraham. To sacrifice his son. How would we react in a situation like that, right? And many people say, you know what? God is is cruel, right? How could he tell Abraham or how could he ask Abraham to kill his son? How can God do that, right? Some people don't like this section. Or some people think of God as being cruel for asking Abraham to sacrifice his son. You know, after he spent time with him, after he raised him, how could he do that? See, when it comes to the relationship between Abraham and God, it was one of great faith. See, the scriptures reveal to us here that Isaac, I mean, that Abraham believed that no matter what, even if he sacrificed or killed Isaac, The scriptures reveal to us that Abraham believed God so much that he would raise him from the dead. That is the faith that Abraham had, and that is what's revealed to us there in verse 19. See, if we didn't have the New Testament to reveal this to us, we would have never understood the faith that Abraham had in God. See, Abraham believed. How many of us believe in God and in His promises and in who He is? If He is great, if He is sovereign, if He is mighty, why don't we believe in Him? When it comes to the situations that we are going through, God is putting us all through the faith test. Are we going to trust in Him? Are we going to surrender ourselves to Him and believe in His promises and in His word? This is what God wants from us, right? He wants us to be walking by faith and not by sight. And if God asks us to do something, we're to do it in faith. What do you think Abraham did here? God asked him, I want you to take your son, sacrifice him to me. And what did Abraham say? Anything you say, Lord. He didn't hesitate. He didn't start saying, oh gosh, you know, what should I do? He just got up and did it. Do you you see the faith that this man had? And this faith, God wants in us. Abraham is no different than us. We're all skin and bones and blood. He's a man just like you and I are. Or a woman like you women are. See, this is God. And this is where God wants us to be. To be walking by faith. I want to read this account because it's so important. If you turn to Genesis chapter 22. This account is given to us in Genesis 22. In Genesis 22, this is the event that takes place of what, of when God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. And we will see that it is a testing. It is a test of Abraham's faith. Let's read in verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. See, we see there that God tested Abraham. And he calls out to Abraham. And Abraham responds and says, Here I am. Verse 2 says, Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering On one of the mountains of which I tell you. Verse 3 goes on to say, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here. With the donkey, the lad, and I go yonder yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Do you see that word, we? He's telling his men that are with him, right? As they're going up to the mountain, right? Remember, he's down below, and he's going up to the mountain. And he tells the men that are with him, you know what? Stay here. I'm going to take my son. But what does he say there? And we will come back to you. See, God had already told him to sacrifice his son, right? And we saw no hesitation. The next morning, Isaac gets up, right? And takes his son and he tells him, you know what? Men, I'm taking my son, but we're going to come back. Imagine, this is that faith. He believed in the words that God had told him. That God would Remember the promise, and let me clarify this for you. The word that God has told him would be that this son of promise, through him would come many nations. So he believed that Isaac was that promised child. And he knew that if God killed this promised child, then God was a liar. But he knows that God isn't a liar. And he knew that no matter what would happen, that Isaac would come back alive. And we know in Hebrews that we read there that he believed that even if he would be killed, that God would raise Isaac from the dead. This is the belief that he had. And as we keep reading, it says, So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire in the wood. But where's the lamb for a burnt offering? So Isaac is like, hey, you know what? What's going on, dad? Where's the sacrifice, right? I got the wood. You know what? We got the fire. So where's the lamb? And imagine what Abraham is thinking right now. His son, you know, has no idea what's going to take place. But see, no matter what, Abraham was trusting as we keep uh, reading in verse 8, it says, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. You know what? Isaac was no young man here. Isaac wasn't a boy. He wasn't an eight-year-old or seven-year-old boy. He was an older man. And so imagine Isaac, too, to trust in his dad. Imagine these are just, you know what? You think to yourself, man, the faith that both of them must have had. And you keep reading in verse 10, it says, And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. What we see here is we see the fact that, you know what? Abraham's faith. It is shown to us how real it is. You know what? He was there with that knife, right? Ready to slay his son, to sacrifice his son. To kill the son. You know what? It says that. If we go back to Hebrews, I just want to reveal something to you there. It says in in there in verse, I believe it was verse 19. It says, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead. So he believed that, right? He, he knew he was able to do that, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. You know what that means? Is that in Abraham's mind already, because God had told him, You are sacrificing him. Abraham already believed in his mind that Abraham was, I mean, that Isaac was dead. As he's taking him up for three days, Abraham is already convinced that his son is dead, that his son is going to die, that his son will be sacrificed. So he already knows that, you know what? My son is dead. Have you ever believed something? And you know it for a fact that it is true? That has happened to me many times, especially with this church. And in my walk with the Lord and with my family, there are things that I know are true. Even though they're not here yet or even though they haven't happened, I just know them for a fact. This is having faith in God and in His promises, in the things that He has shared with us. Whatever He has spoken to you about, you must believe. Have faith in them. Believe in these things. God is able to do beyond what you can ever think or imagine. Whatever you may ask. Whatever you may think. He can go beyond all of that. If you believe. See, God wants our faith to grow. God wants our faith to be stronger. God wants men and women of faith to change this world. And we can It starts with one person, right? And it becomes a snowball effect. People see you walking in faith. Your family members see you walking in faith. And they say, wow, look at them. Look at how different they are. I want what they have. And all of a sudden you have another family member that says, you know what, I want what you have. And you have God and I want God too. And then you have another family says the same thing. And all of a sudden you see in your family how many more and more are coming to the Lord. But it must start with one. And God has chosen us to be a people that walk in faith, no matter how many circumstances are. See, when times are good, what people look at you and say, oh, wow, your faith is strong. It's when times are bad that they're looking at you and they want to see where your faith is. See, when times are bad and you remain strong in the Lord and you trust in the Lord, no matter what, people are convinced that your faith is real. Because any single one of us can be happy and trusting in God if God was to provide everything for us, right? Anyone can do that. But when times are hard, people look at you and you can be a witness for God and in His power and in His might. And He will not disappoint you. His word tells us He is a rewarder of those that seek Him. He told us that he turns all things together for good to those that love him. These are his promises. And we must continue to walk in them. Don't let the enemy whisper in your ear lies that God can't do it. Or don't let your flesh come in disbelief in the promises of God. Remember, faith is a choice. And what choice are you going to make? Are you going to make a choice to believe in God and in His Word? Or are you going to make a choice to disbelieve? We all can make either choice, right? But God puts you through the fire, through the testing, to see where you're going to end up. For yourself, not for Him. He wants your faith to grow. He wants your faith to to be pure, like silver and gold, to pass through the fire. And it is revealed only when you are going through the fire. You see where your trust in God is. You see where your walk is with the Lord. And this can only happen through testing of your faith. And as soon as you graduate from one, and I'll tell you this, and i shared it many times. When I first came to the Lord, you know, I was all on fire for the Lord, right? And I thought, you know what, now that I'm a believer, things are going to be good, right? Don't we all think that, that when we come to the Lord, everything's going to be taken care of? I know I believe that. I don't know if you guys did, but I know I did. And I know that when I came to the Lord, I said, okay, now I got God on my side, so everything's going to be fine. Well, I was surprised. Because in six months, I lost my job. Six months walking in the Lord with no income, losing it. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, come on, I thought I was good. everything was going to be fine. But it was through those times that I remained faithful to Him. You know what I was doing through those times? I was faithful to go to church on Sunday, on Thursday, or, uh, Wednesday. It was at Calvary Chapel Montebello. Sundays and Wednesdays. Because I wanted the Lord. I wanted to draw closer to Him. I was trusting in Him. I needed Him more than ever at the time. See, it wasn't a time to say, okay, Lord, now I'm giving you my heart. But when times get hard, I'm walking away from you, Lord. No, if I made a new commitment to God, if if my faith was real, you know what? I was putting everything in. Either you're in or you're not. And that's what the Lord wants from us, right? And when I was all in, you know what the Lord did? He provided for me. See, there was a testing and that was my first test. And then after that, I had more tests, tests with my family, tests with my wife, tests in my walk, testing choices that I had to make, but no matter what, I kept saying, "Lord, you're going to take care of things, no matter what they are." See, I had to go through that first testing and to take that step of faith. And when I saw the Lord provide, I was able to do the next one when times got hard, and I was able to do the next one when times got hard. And so I kept trusting in the Lord as the Lord was preparing me for the work that he was going to do here because when I came here, it wasn't easy. There was many challenges. But because God had proved himself to be faithful previously, I was able to withstand the attacks that I received in planning this church. See, we must take steps of faith No matter what you're facing, we take steps of faith, no matter how hard the test is. Is it any harder than Abraham had to take his son, who he loved? And all of you here have children, and if you don't have children, you have parents. Those that you love the most, think of it this way. Those that you love the most, if you have been asked, To kill them what would you do this was a heartfelt testing and what did Abraham do he trusted in the Lord he says Lord I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do see the previous example that we saw because Abraham was mentioned previously and we saw that faith involves obedience right That is what Abraham taught us in Hebrews 8. As it talked about Abraham, it taught us that faith must involve obedience. But what we're learning now from Abraham is that faith overcomes testing. Your faith must overcome the testing that you receive in your life. You must remain faithful, believing in God that He will do what He has promised. See, when we're going through the testing, we're in the valley, aren't we? Many times you've heard that expression we're in the valley. See, it is not until you pass the test that you reach that mountaintop. See, this is where Abraham, as he was going through the valley to reach the mountaintop, God did not disappoint him. See, every one of us want to be at that mountaintop, but you must go through the valley in order to reach it. Never forget that. In order to reach that mountaintop, you got to go through the valley. And the valleys are where the hardship happens. But believe me, you will reach that mountaintop if you believe in God. See, my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures is to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You lean not in your own understanding, But in all your ways, you acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. We got to be a people that trust in the Lord. And he guides you and he directs you. And he rewards you most of all. That's his promises. It says there in verse six, I don't want you to think that I keep saying this. But in verse 6, I'm going to read it to you from Hebrews 11. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He rewards us. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. See, these are promises of God. And we must believe these promises. We don't live in fairy tales. We live in reality. And the reality is that Christ, that God does not disappoint us. If we believe. As we keep reading now, let's go to the next hero of faith. In verse 20, it says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. You know, you think to yourself, Why would this be a step of faith? The promise was given to Abraham that through his seed there would be an abundance of people that would be born, the Jewish nation and, of course, the Gentile believers. He says that they're going to be greater than the sand by the sea. And the stars that are in heaven. You're going to have greater descendants than these. And so Abraham believed it, right? And guess what? His son, which was Isaac, passed on that inheritance to his sons. See, he believed in the promise of God. Even though Isaac didn't receive it himself, he didn't see, you know, because he only had... uh, Jacob and Esau, right? Those were his only two sons. And a great nation was to be birthed. So he didn't see it, but he believed in the promise that God had given his father and he also gave it to Isaac. And so what he does is he steps out in faith and he says, I will pass on. I will bless Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. How many of us believe in the promises? See, when it comes to Isaac, as we see here in Isaac, he believed fully in what God had promised him. And this is the same thing for us. You know, he was blessing his children. He passed on that inheritance and the promises of God to them, even though they weren't here. And that's faith, right? Not having it, not walking by sight, but walking by faith. And so, as we keep reading there, it goes on to talk about now Jacob. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. See, when you think about about this, and let's turn to Genesis chapter 48, and let's talk about this. In Genesis chapter 48, there in verse 1, this is the account of when Jacob blesses the children of Joseph. It says, now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, indeed, your father is sick. And he took with him two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told, look, your son Joseph is coming. He's telling uh, 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 Jacob, his father, saying, hey, look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel, which is Jacob, strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. Then Jacob said to his son Joseph, God Almighty, appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and bless me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make of you a multitude of people and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. So we see here also the promise of God to Jacob and reminding Jacob that you're going to be a multitude of people. So that Jacob is believing in faith and verse 5 says and now your two sons Ephraim and Manasseh who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine as Reuben and Simeon they shall be mine your offspring whom you beget after them shall be yours they will be called by my name by the name of their brothers in their inheritance see by faith Jacob passed it on but see Joseph is never one of the tribes The 12 tribes. His two sons are one of, are both, are two of the tribes of the 12. See, we have here Jacob as he believes in the promises of God. See, Joseph, we know because of his faith and his love for God, no matter what situation he was going through, he remained faithful to God, didn't he? That's what we know about Joseph and the Lord blessed everything about Joseph and he gave him a double portion and the double portion that he would receive was that his two sons would receive an inheritance. His brothers received only one, but his sons were blessed because of Joseph. And this is what Jacob is known for, his faith also, right? In believing the promises of God and because we're running out of time, let's move on to the last one. In Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to read about Joseph. It says there in verse 22, it says, By faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. See, and you don't need to turn there because we're running out of time, but I just want to read it to you real quick. In Genesis 50, verse 22, it says, So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. This is Joseph. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children to their third generation. The children of Macher, the son of Manasseh, were also brought up on Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brethren, he's talking to his brothers here, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. So Joseph, believing the promises of God, makes his brethren, his people promise him that as when the Lord delivers the land of Canaan to them, that they will take his bones and bury him there. See, this is a faith knowing that it's not here, but when it happens, because it's going to happen, you take my bones there. And we know that according to Exodus 13, 19, That Moses carried the bones of Joseph. And we know that in Joshua 24, 32, Joshua is the one that buries the bones of Joseph in the promised land, which is Canaan. See, by faith, these men believed. See, even at their death, their faith remained to the very end. Is this going to be us? To the very end, are you going to continue to believe in the Lord? See, faith does not disappoint you as we know, as we've been talking about. See, God, no matter what you're going through, God will not disappoint you. And the reason I bring this up, because that's what the Lord wants to share with us today. I want to share with you about Joseph real quick. Remember, Joseph was the favorite, the consentido, right, of of his father. And because of this, you know, he was sort of pompous and prideful too, right? And his brothers were also jealous of him. And because of this, what happens to Joseph? He's sold as a slave. And you know what? What? Joseph never failed to obey the Lord, to believe in his word, to trust in him, and to trust in his promises. You know that Joseph was an incredible man that no matter what was around him, he remained faithful in obedience to the Lord. Whatever the Lord said, he did. Whatever he faced, he said, Lord, I do what you want me to do. And from a slave, he became prisoner. Imagine that. A slave to a prisoner and no matter what happened to Joseph, he believed in the promises. He remained faithful to obey and to do what God had asked him to do, which is to walk in obedience to his word. And because of this, everywhere that Joseph was, the Lord blessed. The Lord rewarded Joseph and everyone around him. Did you know that because, you know, isn't that awesome to know that, you know what? The love that Joseph had for God, the obedience that Joseph had for the Lord, that it overflowed, the blessings that came upon Joseph overflowed to those around him. Wherever he was, whether he was in jail or whether he was as a slave, those that were above him were blessed because of Joseph. Joseph. He trusted. He obeyed. And as we think about this, right, no matter what situation you're going through, walk in faith. Believe in His Word. And how do you know His Word? You read it, and you come to church to hear it. See, none of us are going to grow in our faith if we aren't reading the word, if we're not hearing the word, that's what the Bible tells us. Your faith will grow. So we must begin to now move in this and walk in it. Let us be a people that are so in love with the Lord that we want all of him. That we want him. You know that we want his word. You know what? That we want to know everything about him. And as you do these things, right? You know that the Lord is going to reward you. That you know that the Lord is going to turn all things together for good to those that love him. And are called according to his purpose. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Are we one that seeks him? And with that, we will close. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for your word, Lord, on reminding us, Lord, of where our faith is, Lord. If we want to know where our faith is, Lord, it must be tested, Lord. And you want us to come to a perfection and a completion in our faith. Help us to do this, Lord, as we walk by faith and not by sight. Help everyone that is here, Lord, today, to be a people of faith, Lord, trusting in you, walking with you, Lord. Lord, we know that Without you, we can't do anything. But with you, we can do all things. And that's what we have here, Lord. Examples of men that trusted in you and did great things. The impossible, the extraordinary because of their faith in you. Help us to mature in our faith. Help us to walk in our faith. Lord, help us to believe in you and in your promises. If there are any here, that first of all, desire to have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This calling is for you. If you want the Lord to live and to dwell in you, to surrender yourself to this new faith in Him, raise your hand and we will pray for you. Amen. 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 Anyone else? Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else before we close? Lord, you saw these hands that went up, Lord. They need you, Lord. They want you, Lord. They're asking you in, Lord. Lord, we know that you will not disappoint because you are a rewarder, Lord, of those who seek you, Lord. And those that that now... Desire to have the faith to overcome the testing that is given to us in this life. To be strong, to walk faithful no matter what. This calling is for you. If this is you, raise your hand and we will pray for you. Anyone need to overcome the testing of your faith. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Lord Jesus, you saw these hands that went up, Lord. Lord, give them the strength and the power to walk in faith, no matter what test they are facing, no matter what has been set before them. And Lord, may they pass with flying colors as you are revealing to them, Lord, their faith in you. Help them to get to that place, Lord, of perfection and completion, Lord, in their faith in you. So we thank you, Lord. We give you praise, glory, and honor, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, service is over. We're not going to have a final worship song as Nancy has taken. the uh, say-